this episode, we'll discuss one of the key forms of provenance for marine national watches, the watchmaker records, otherwise known as the register or the ledgers. The Watchmaker of Toulon Only 100 meters from the main gate of the Marine National Base, you'll find a barber shop at 33 Rue Victor Michelet, Toulon. Located on France's Mediterranean coast, Toulon is the principal base of the Marine National. Today, it's the center of France's naval action force, including the aircraft carrier Charles de Gaulle, commando units, as well as nuclear attack submarines. Importantly for collectors of MN timepieces, 33 Rue Victor Michelet wasn't always a barber shop. From the 1950s until the 1990s, when the Marine National Base at Toulon needed their watches serviced, they bundled them up and hauled them the short distance from the arsenal over to a watchmaker whose shop was located at 33 Rue Victor Michelet. This watchmaker's name was Yves Pastre and is one of the very few watchmakers known to have had regular contract to service timepieces of the Marine National. Mr. Pastre kept detailed records of the watches he serviced, diligently noting the date received, the make, serial number, service performed, and most interestingly, the particular military unit which the watch was associated with. These records were kept in logbooks that are now known by collectors as the register or sometimes the ledger. As legend has it, when Mr. Pastre passed away, his workshop contents were dispersed. Among valuable spare parts and other treasures, several registers made their way into private hands. It's not known exactly how many editions of these logbooks there were in the workshop upon his passing, but I believe there were somewhere around three and likely a few more. Some of them were formal government-issued ledgers explicitly designed for capturing service records of military equipment. The cover page on one example translates as Marine National Register for the Accounting of Various Chapters, a seemingly multi-purpose Navy ledger book for recording various administrative information. Another example includes an affidavit from a judge of the Commercial Court of Toulon certifying the register for specific use by Pastre in 1951. Other registers were seemingly generic composition books conscripted for the purpose. One of the registers made its way to a vintage watch dealer out of Paris, and at least one of the others seems to have ended up with Eureka Watch, a dealer in Toulon. A collector in the south of France also has one of the books, but I'm not clear if it's the same one that Eureka Watch had or not. Keepers of the register provide a valuable service for collectors, offering to sell copies of pages, including a given piece's serial number. Internet searching reveals many copies of the pages of the register, as well as a few photos of the cover. For a given watch, several attributes were typically included. Looking at the copy of the register, a first column indicates the internal order number, or sequential number assigned to each piece. The next column indicates the date the piece was received for servicing. A batch number column seems to correlate with a particular unit. For example, when watches for Commando Hubert were dropped off, they were in batch 001 for that given date, and ones destined for the diving school were batch 002 to keep things organized. Another column indicates the brand of the timepiece being serviced. The following brands have been observed in the register. Doxa, Aquastar, Tudor, Yema, ZRC, Casio, Elvia, Luxia, Tagheuer, Leferban, 
Jay Bianchi, Triton, and Aurichast. Another column indicates the serial number of the piece being serviced. Most often this reflected the serial number issued by the manufacturer. For example, for Tudors, this was the serial number between the lugs, such as 903482. In some cases, the register references the MN-issued serial number, as is often the case for Le Forban pieces, for example, 070. In a few cases, the register notated both the serial number and the MN-issued marking number, such as MN77. Another column indicated the vessel or unit. This is one of the most exciting notations in the register. It was an identification of the specific unit or boat that the piece was assigned to. Careful attention was paid to this. We couldn't have a piece that belonged to the Commando Hubert end up with the diving school after all. Commando units, diving schools, submarines, destroyers, minesweepers, submarine hunters, and support ships have all been seen referenced in the register. Another column provided a detailed description of the service performed on the given piece. For example, complete service, replacement of the glass, and so on. The final columns indicated the price of the services performed on an individual piece, as well as the completion date reflecting the date the service was completed, and roughly corresponds to the service inscriptions on the inside of the case back. For MN collectors, provenance of issuance by the MN is especially important, since for the most part, the timepieces used by the MN were civilian models that were procured for military use. This is in contrast to the British mill subs, which were specifically designed for and only available to military units that ordered them. The MN, on the other hand, almost exclusively ordered civilian watches for their purposes, modifying them on occasion with only an engraving of the issuance number on the back or other identifying mark. There are generally four types of provenance available for MN pieces. The first is the register. The second is decommissioned paperwork. The third is a government auction receipt. And last, letters from the service member confirming its issuance are especially valuable. None of these are foolproof, but amongst them, the register seems to be the most ro robust. I'll use it to explain a Triton example that follows. In my collection, I have a Triton Spiro Technique with the serial number of 544. If you open up the case back on that watch, you'll see service inscriptions on the inside of the watch, one of them that indicates 8-80YP. YP stands for Yves Pastre, or the watchmaker of Toulon. Once you observe these inscriptions, you could contact one of the keepers of the register and see if their particular volume indicated a service of this serial number. The volumes tend to represent discrete time periods of several years of service orders, so if your watch doesn't appear in a particular copy of the register, it isn't necessarily a bad sign. If 544 appeared in the register, that alone would be great, but of course it could be easily faked just by engraving a 544 on any Triton. But the register's detailed information hedges against that. On the inside of the Triton's case back, if you look closely, you'll see several watchmaker service inscriptions one of them corresponding roughly to the date on which the service record appears in the register. In, in the case of Triton 544, we can see four service inscriptions beginning in 1967 
with the last one being in August 1980, represented as 8-80YP. It seems that this watch came into the shop on June 23, 1980, was serviced in August 1980, left the shop on September 5, 1980, and was paid for on October 23, 1980. Further, the register indicates that this watch was assigned to the RIN, a submarine support vessel, and the service involved a complete overhaul, replacement of the glass, seals, and also a replacement of the stem and crown. The Triton Spiro Techniques originally came with a Parmentier-style crown, with an inner crown covered by an outer cap. This design, while cool, was subject to failing, and so was typically replaced with a more robust Rolex-style crown. Therefore, it's a special treat to be able to have the very register page indicating where Mr. Pastre replaced the crown himself. The Marine Nationale book is available at watchestry.com. You can also follow us on Instagram.